What's your current relationship to physical exercise? Is it something you love to do and never miss? Or is it something that you don't particularly enjoy, but you do it because you know it's good for you? Or is it maybe something you know is good for you, but you just can't seem to make it a regular part of your life? Well, no matter what category you find yourself in, I think you're going to get a lot out of today's episode. I know I did. All right. All right, everyone, take your seats or lace up your sneaks. We're about to get started. Welcome to the Change Academy podcast. I'm your host, Monica Reinagel, and in this show, we talk about what it takes to create healthier mindsets and habits in our own lives, as well as how we can create healthier communities and workplaces. Whether you're working on your own health and well-being or promoting healthy behaviors is your job, we're going to talk about what works, what's hard, what's needed, and what's next. Let's jump in. I first met Kelly Howard a few months ago when she invited me to be a guest on her Fitness is Freedom podcast, and she had invited me to talk more about my approach to mindful-ish eating. And I just loved the name and the concept of her podcast, which is that fitness is not just another chore that we're supposed to do, like taking out the garbage. It's a gateway to more freedom. And I was also fascinated by how Kelly takes that message beyond her podcast into the real world, where she runs a company that offers hiking, biking, backpacking, and other active adventures. And then she offers coaching programs to help her people incorporate fitness into their lives so that they're ready for those adventures. In other words, fitness is not the goal. Fun and freedom is the goal that fitness makes possible. It's such a good example of something we talk about here on the Change Academy podcast all the time, which is how important it is to have a compelling why and to align our goals to our larger objectives. In this conversation, you'll hear how Kelly applies those principles to the work that she does, and I think we can apply these insights to the other goals that we may be working on as well. In particular, I appreciated her emphasis on consistency and flexibility, and not just physical flexibility, but mental flexibility, but also her take on accountability. So take a listen and see what you hear. Welcome to the Change Academy, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. Your podcast, the Fit is Freedom podcast, I love that title, and the the coaching programs that you've developed and your adventure travel business all revolve to a great extent around fitness. But you say you're not a fitness expert. You're a fitness consistency expert. I think that's an interesting distinction. So why do you make that distinction? I do not have a background in personal training or any of those like normal, quote unquote, normal things that that fitness consultants do. My background is a lot in helping people, especially women, get from wherever they are today to what they want to do. And it's not about like, how do we look and how are we going to lose all this weight? I mean, weight loss usually happens, but that's never my focus. My focus is about having fun, making fitness something that becomes a part of your life and finding ways to do quote-unquote fitness that work for you because it's different for everybody. Not everybody wants to go to the gym five days a week, right? right? I mean, we're all different. 
And if you can find that thing that you enjoy, then it's going to work. So it almost sounds like it's more of a sort of a project management approach that could be applied to a lot of different goals or objectives. But for you, you've just, you've staked this fitness in the service of freedom out as the project that you'd like to help people with. Yeah. No one's ever accused me of being a project manager, but you're exactly right. Is that oh, okay. you do? <laughs> well, you know, I think that a lot of times, not just in fitness, but in all sorts of things that we're pursuing, our impulse is to aim for mastery when really we would be so much better served by prioritizing exactly that, by prioritizing consistency. My uh, former uh, co-anchor here, co-anchor, co-host on the podcast, Brock Armstrong, likes to say, consistency beats intensity every time. So I'm 100% on board with that as a, as a goal and as a method. But well, speaking of method, tell me more about how specifically you help people be more consistent with this because I'm guessing it could probably be applied to any number of other pursuits that we might have on our on our list. You know, it can be. And I think that really if you take what I what I help people with and just change the words, mm-hmm. you're right. It could be anything else we do. But a lot of fitness really starts in our head. Like mm-hmm. It's not about whether or not we have a perfect plan. It's, in fact, I don't believe in perfection because I think that kills us. It's about what do you want? What matters to you? What's your North Star? Like, what's that thing that gets you excited? Because when you know what gets you excited, then consistency becomes easier, of course, doing whatever it is that we want to do. But let's just say with fitness, consistency becomes easier because you know, like, what's it going to cost me if I don't do the thing I said I was going to do today? Hmm. Like, what's the cost? And when we start thinking about it that way, and we know we have that North Star, which is that, like, this is what I want so often in quote unquote fitness circles. The first thing, like, a lot of my clients, the first things they'll say to me is, oh, I need to lose weight. And it's either I need to lose weight or I should lose weight. Um, very seldom is I want to lose weight. (laughs) You know, it's just somatics, but it matters because when you feel like you've got to do something that isn't a driver, it's not something that gets you excited, then it's harder to do every time. So when we can find that thing that is a driver, whatever it is, like that's why I bring adventure into so much what I do, because I watch people's faces and I see what happens when I say, well, what If you could go on that trip that you're talking about and not worry about feeling like you're going to hold people back or not worry about you might not be great at what you're doing, but you're having fun and people's faces light up. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine um, who also happens to be a client, she's like, she says to me that I have the strangest way of getting people fit because I actually get them to think themselves into fitness, but it's true because when you know what it is you want, then it's easier then to say, what are the pieces that we want to use to create a plan? Because we all need a plan. Like if you, if you don't have a plan, what happens is what I call next week, the next week syndrome. Next week, I'll start. And then sure. <laughs> next month, I'll start. And then it becomes next year, I'll start. And we don't have all those years to just fiddle around. 
You're right about that. And I think listeners are going to be hearing a lot of themes that we touch on in this podcast all the time, starting with your concept of the North Star and what we call the compelling why. Why are we trying to achieve this? Or the objectives that lie behind our goals. So this is all familiar and welcome territory for for us here at the Change Academy. And we also talk a lot about plans and planning and how to do that well. And I noticed when I was reading your new book, which is just out in the summer of 2023, as we're recording, and we'll certainly have a link to that in our in our show notes. But when I was reading the book, I noticed that this bit about planning and creating a detailed fitness plan and a schedule is a big part of the approach. And as I say, I certainly agree that planning is an essential element of any important thing we're trying to do, especially when we're trying to establish new habits, new behaviors, that planning is even more important. At the same time, Kelly, is there a danger of that somehow becoming overly rigid with the risk being that if we then deviate from that really specific plan or or things don't go according to that plan, we might feel sort of defeated or be tempted to give up. And I guess what I'm asking is how do we balance the benefits of having a really specific plan with the flexibility that we need in order to stay motivated when things inevitably go sideways? Life, when life lifes, right? Right. (laughs) Which it does all the time. So my theory is that If we hit 80% of that plan, we are probably doing it exactly the way we need to because things happen. If you're hitting your plan 100%, one of two things is happening. You're trying too hard and other things in your life might be slipping or what you're doing is too easy. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) One or the other. So a good plan is one that you know that if you hit 80% of the time, you feel pretty good. If you're hitting it 90% of the time, well, you're probably doing an amazing job and you could probably pick it up a little bit. But 80% is, is my threshold that I want people to reach for. And I also ask that people make their plan, like for myself, I do my plan on a dry erase board because you have to be willing to move things around. You just have to be willing to make those changes because perfection isn't going to get you there. I mean, I can give you a perfect example in my life. I came back from a vacation recently. I got sick. And I had a a six-week plan laid out because I'm going on a backpacking trip. And I had a very limited amount of time to um, train for that trip. But I've got a pretty good base of fitness, so I'm not too worried about it. So I came back from that trip, and now I'm sick. And I look at my schedule and I'm like, well, I can't do those things this week and stick with the idea that I believe rest is as important Mm. as movement. Mm -hmm. So I simply had to just scratch a week off, literally erase it off the dry erase board and go, you know what? It's okay. I love that idea of having a plan. Well, first of all, realizing we're going to make a plan and then we're going to revisit this plan because in trying to enact it, we're going to learn some things. And and I really like that idea of, yeah, if you nailed it 100%, let's check and make sure that other <laughs> things are now not on fire in your life 
Or if everything else is also on point, then maybe that's a sign that we weren't ambitious enough or, or we didn't, we can challenge ourselves a little bit more. But I think the fact that the plan is a, a, a blueprint that will be continually revised might yeah. help counteract that tendency to feel like, oh, it's broken. I blew it. You know, I'm never going to, you know, the, the mindset that can creep in there. I didn't succeed. Therefore, I can't succeed. I haven't done it before. It didn't work this time. So therefore, it's not going to work in the future. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's just, you know, I mean, in my world, that's just possibly slightly bad planning. And it just needs to be like rearranged. Well, you know, that's exactly how I keep my calendar, uh, or that's why I keep a calendar electronically rather than in a in a paper day book. I know there are advocates for that. People love that. But the electronic one gives me so much more flexibility. And so as I'm going through my week or my day, I can very easily drag and drop tasks or <laughs> assignments right. or appointments to a different day or a different hour of the day without them just disappearing into the trash heap of undone tasks. So I exactly I like the whiteboard idea. You mentioned that you're you're tra- kind of in training right now for a trip that's coming up and I love that you noted that that's easier for you because you maintain a certain level of baseline fitness. And you know, I myself I discovered fitness really in in my 30s. It was in my 30s before I really found my way towards something that was sustainable for me. But it has been a really important part of my life ever since. I'm very happy to have that baseline level of fitness. Now, I will say I've never been that super ambitious athlete, you know, who's signing up for Ironmans or triathlons or century races. That's not me. But that baseline level of fitness plus a little bit of preparation means I've also never shied away from adventures simply because I was afraid, as you said, I might not be able to keep up or I might not be up for that physical challenge, whether it was hiking to the bottom of the Grand Canyon or a a hike in the Rocky Mountains that I really wanted to do. So it has made a lot possible, but I'm headed somewhere here. I am no longer in my 30s. I am no longer in my 40s. I am in my 50s. But as I'm getting older, I have been sort of humbled by the fact, and Kelly, you and I are close to the same age, I found it a little humbling, despite my fitness practice, that my body is just not as invincible as it was. I have more pesky little injuries, little issues, you know, and when I do have something going on, I find that I rebound a lot more slowly. And I think a lot of listeners of both your podcast and my podcast are in our age cohort. So we all want to know, what have you learned about working with women and people in this age group specifically related to coping with the aging bodies? You know, how do we reduce our downtime due to injury? Mm, That's, (laughs) that's a big, that's a big question. (laughs) It's a big question. Part of it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I, there's two sides to it too. I mean, one of them is the physical side and one of them is the mental side. Okay. Let's start with physical first. I am a huge proponent of mobility. Okay. And mobility is like, I, you know, I mean, in the past, we, there used to always be this question, do you stretch before exercise or after exercise? Right. Like, I mean, that was the big question. And the truth is, is that like static stretching is probably not the greatest thing for us, but moving our joints in ways that keep them fluid 
is huge. And I can, I can give you like a very, very simple example in my life is that I have like a 10 minute typical morning mobility. You know, you start at the ankles and you end up at the top of your head. And, and in it, all the joints get moved, everything kind of like wiggles around a little bit. And I just make sure that if something is a little creaky or uncomfortable, I give it a little bit more love. If I do that, and then I head out on a hike, I can do the exact same hike. Let me put it this way. If I do it and I head out on a hike and then I go out on that same hike and I don't do it, my time on the hike takes longer without the mobility. Mm. I notice more things that don't feel good. And it's just like, there's just this huge difference I've noticed. And, and not just in myself, but like I try and work with my clients because this is the thing that nobody wants to do. <laughs> like Nobody wanted to stretch back in the day and nobody wants to do mobility now. But if you just take those few minutes, like eight minutes, and do some sort of body warm up, it is amazing the difference it takes in your the way you feel in your body, um, your stamina, and your ability to go further. Now, this is something I can make easily actionable for our listeners because, and members of our Wayless community will know uh, that Brock Armstrong, who is our fitness guru emeritus, um, has a wonderful eight-minute morning warm-up video that is exactly what you're describing, just hits all the joints from head to foot and a little bit of balance thrown in there for good measure. And so I will include a link to that in the show notes for anybody that has not yet discovered Brock's morning warm-up routine. Perfect. The mental piece is the part that I find most interesting because when we're when we become active, our bodies expect it, right? Our mind expects it. <laughs> our hormones expect it. So all the things that that work for us when we become active are like, you know, they're just chugging along and everything's going great. And then we hit an injury and usually, or an injury or a surgery or like something that stops us. Yeah. And most of us can handle a certain period of time and it's different for everybody. I don't know. Let's, let's make up a, a certain period of time, two weeks, two weeks. And we've been very, very active. And now all of a sudden we're stationary. We're fine for two weeks. And then all of a sudden, basically our brain just breaks down. It's like, what the heck are we doing? All those good chemicals that were flowing through our body are no longer there. And I'm not happy. I have so and experienced this. You're right. <laughs> I'm a good sport right? for I the mean, first week or so. And then I get really cranky. You get cranky. I mean, I cannot tell you how many people have called me just sobbing. Oh. Like I'm thinking, oh my gosh, right? Like I'm on my way over there and basically, you know, something happened and they can't do their thing. And so it's, we have to be willing to know that that's coming and work with it. Mm. Because if we don't, it's going to derail us. So just knowing that that's part of life in a human body, we are going to have little injuries and downtime and just knowing that it's coming maybe makes it less disorienting. Yeah. Knowing it's coming and looking for what I like to call fitness flipping, huh. because let's say you. Um, break an arm. I did that. And so you break an arm. And so you're not going to be able to do the weights that you normally do, um, you know, X, Y, Z that you normally do. But that doesn't mean you can't do something different. Mm. It doesn't mean, you know, you can't look at your, your schedule and go, okay, if I can't do weights, maybe what I can do is um, put a 
waterproof cast sock on it and go do some, you know, water aerobics. I, you know, I don't know. It's different for everybody, but you've got to be willing to, to step away from what it is that you always like to do mm-hmm. and try something different. Mm, I love that fitness flipping. Yeah. I also really appreciate and resonate to the fact that in your communities, in your programs, the goal of fitness is organized around these adventures. But for me, what I love about that is that it's not fitness for fitness sake. It's not fitness for to burn calories or to lose weight or to look a certain way. It's fitness because of what fitness allows us to do. Yeah. Yeah. It just changes yeah. everything about the way it feels. But I do have a question, like to the point that we were discussing earlier about being consistent. Is there a danger that when we are so motivated by an upcoming adventure, this thing that we want to be able to do with our fitness, is there a danger that we're then demotivated in the immediate aftermath of when <laughs> we come home from the trip? So do we always have to have the next thing on the calendar in order to be able to stay consistent even after the the thing that we've been preparing for and looking forward to is over? And again, I want to say that the answer to this applies probably not just to fitness. There's a lot of different scenarios in which this same dynamic applies. It does. It does. And so part of fitness to me is rest. Okay. Really hard. Like that's my least favorite part of fitness, but rest is a piece of it. So going into a big adventure, I do suggest to people who are, who are going with me on these adventures that they be willing to use maybe some period of time, maybe a few weeks after to dial back on what they're doing. Use it as a time to let their body recover and rest. And so it it allows us to have like that entry, that re-entry where you can just kind of like, instead of looking for that next thing, next thing, next thing, you're like, okay, give my body a rest, change up what I'm doing a little bit. Mm. Maybe you're training for an adventure hiking trip. So let's change it up a little bit. And I don't know. If start swimming or doing a little biking or something different, but but taking it a little bit lighter. And then, yes, I think we always need things to look forward to. Mm. It doesn't have to be a big adventure trip, but something that like is that next thing on the horizon. It, it doesn't, it can be different for everybody, like completely different for everybody, but even small adventures, like I'm going to take the kids or the grandkids or the nieces or nephews on a hiking or a, a kayaking trip, mm-hmm. right? Just those little adventures also give us something that we have out there, almost like stepping stones. So we always have something to look forward to, but it doesn't have to be a massive adventure trip. Yeah, fair enough. And I like that point about intentional rest, not just default rest that we get home from mm-hmm. our vacation, we got nothing else. And so, okay, we'll rest, but actually seeing that as part of the process. We sometimes talk about that as sticking the landing, that sometimes we're so focused on what it's going to take to get us to and through any challenge that we forget about sticking the landing, that immediate aftermath, and just thinking ahead in our planning and including that in our vision for the thing, you know, including that recovery week, that rest week, that reorientation week, whatever it is. I think even just that the mental preparedness for that part that follows the big payoff can be helpful. There's another piece to that. And I'm, I'm sure you talk about this. The piece is that 
the celebration of doing the thing. Because so often we we achieve it, whatever it is, we do the big adventure, and then we come back. And if we don't celebrate that we did something like amazing, mm-hmm. then it's almost like we don't acknowledge it and um, we don't get the full benefit. Well, you and I are both old enough to remember when the next thing we would do would be to send our our film out to be developed. And then mm-hmm. we'd get our pictures back in the mail. And there would right. be that kind of automatic moment where we can't wait, we rip into the envelope and we relive the whole thing, you know. Um, and and now because they're always on our phone, that it's not quite as um, compelling as it was. Also, just to take that moment to acknowledge and celebrate and enjoy what we have made possible for ourselves in any realm of our lives. So I want to talk about accountability because I have really, I have a love-hate relationship with this word because I think we often put too much emphasis on accountability as a strategy or accountability as an excuse. So you know I loved the title of the chapter in your book that was Accountability, the good, the bad, and the stop it right now. (laughs) And you talked about how our friends and our loved ones or our paid trainers or our coaches, our apps, trackers, any of those, all of those may have a role in our success strategy, but, well, now I'm putting words into your mouth, but I want to say we need to be accountable to ourselves also not just to these external sources of quote-unquote accountability. But you did use a phrase I'd never seen before, and I want you to tell us what you mean by layered accountability. So layered accountability, to me, makes the most sense. Like If you think about maybe a pyramid, right? So your bottom layer are all those accountability pieces that I say just avoid if you can. Because our best friends, our loved ones, apps, they're really not that helpful. They really aren't. And that's where people turn to their accountability almost always first. And only. And that's why it doesn't work, yeah. right? Like if if you and I are being accountable to each other and you text me and go, I don't feel like working out. I'd rather just go have a glass of wine because I feel terrible because you know my boyfriend left me or whatever it is. Then I'm like, okay, well, let's go do that yeah. because I'm your friend, right? right? right. I'm not going to say, hey, yo, you know, pick it up. And so those, those bottom layer, layered accountability pieces aren't that great. But then as you step up the ladder, if you think about it, then maybe that next piece is like having something to train for. And maybe the next piece is having a coach. And maybe the next piece is, is having like a serious one-on-one coach. But it all leads to the very top, which is you. And in the end, all accountability has to stop with us or start with us, which however you want to look at it. I mean, as much as we want someone else to help us with our accountability, knowing that we are, we're it, we're the top of the heap, we're to the top of the layer. That's what we're really learning and aiming for. And all the other pieces help us a little bit along the way. Maybe, yeah, like right now, I have my sister and I, (laughs) We're being quote unquote accountable to each other for Spanish because we both have this desire to learn Spanish. We keep dropping it. And so we're texting each other. Hey, did you do your Spanish? I did my Spanish. So so and so forth. It's really light, really light accountability. No, hey, we said you were going to do this or not. 
but it keeps us slightly on track when life gets busy mm-hmm. and I forget like yesterday I completely forgot oh yeah I forgot I was gonna do Spanish today so it kind of keeps you on track but in the end it's down to me yeah like it is 100% myself that I need to be accountable to but having those little pieces of layered accountability that kind of grow and support you I think can be very very helpful well, thank you for reinforcing <laughs> my point of view on this about accountability, because I think you're 100% right. I hope you're texting each other in Spanish. <laughs> Part of it. Okay. <laughs> so Kelly, in the show notes for today, of course, we will include links to your new book, which is called Fit, Active and Ageless for Life, and the Fit is Freedom podcast. Uh, which I love. I will just link to the episode that I did on your podcast for for folks to to check out. And of course, your website. But tell us quick, uh, before we go, what adventures are you currently getting your community ready for? Where are you going next? So personally, I'm heading to Glacier, Glacier National Park for um, a week backpacking. And then I come back and I take my group to the Smoky Mountains. Mm. And we're going to do hiking and um, some rafting. And then I come back and I'm taking a group to Costa Rica and we're going to be doing kind of a multi-sport trip with lots of hiking and rafting and then some zip lining and things like that thrown into. Oh my gosh. So it's a, yeah. It's an action packed uh, fall for me. Okay. Everybody change Academy listeners, let's get on the mailing list and maybe we will see one another on one of these upcoming adventures. The Costa Rica one sounds amazing. And thank you so much for joining me today, Kelly. I hope it won't be the last time. Oh, thank you. And thank you to everybody listening. Really appreciate it. As you can see, Kelly Howard is definitely a kindred spirit to all of us here in the change Academy. And I hope you enjoyed meeting her. And, you know, since we met, she and I have been talking more about the ways that our work and our philosophy and our audiences overlap. And we've got some fun ideas for how we might be able to team up to create some fun new adventures for you and for us to do together. So stay tuned for more about that. But in the meantime, after we wrapped up our conversation, Kelly reached out to me with a very generous offer for Change Academy members to get a digital copy, a complete digital copy of her new book for free. How cool is that? And you can get that by clicking on the link that you'll find in the show notes or on our website at changeacademypodcast.com. Also, just have to send out a quick and heartfelt thank you to all of you who have bought us a coffee via our new support link. Heather, Jody, Bonnie, Lisa, Harman, a couple of others. You guys are so cool to take a moment to send that little gesture of appreciation. It brings such a ray of sunshine to our day whenever that happens. So if you want to help keep us caffeinated over the next week or so, you should now see that little button or that link in your podcast app. It's really been a lot of fun to connect with some of you that way. So take care and I will see you next time. All right. Thanks, everyone. This has been the Change Academy podcast with Monica Reinagle. Our show is produced by me, Brock Armstrong. You'll find links to everything Monica mentioned in today's episode in our show notes, as well as on our website at changeacademypodcast.com, where you can also send us an email or leave us a voicemail. If you're finding this podcast helpful, we hope you'll subscribe or even better, give our show a rating or review in your favorite podcast app. Or, best of all, share this episode with a friend or colleague you think would enjoy it. Now here's to the changes we choose.